Welcome to the Monday edition of Couch Potato Diary. We are getting ready for a huge Flames Oilers game tonight, coming off of a huge Flames Avalanche game over the weekend. The Raptors are struggling at the wrong time, so are the Warriors. Baseball is trying to fix everything without actually fixing anything, and the Ultimate Fighting Championship had a weird weekend. All of that coming up from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is a one-stop locally owned commercial and residential cleaning company that focuses on providing the highest level of cleaning services and supplies to their clients. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. We were there last night with a post-show for AEW's Revolution, which is one of the greatest wrestling shows I've ever seen for the live reaction. Check that out, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can watch the videos on demand. Um, you can also email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com, and shout out to Wasted Talent for the music today. We have a big announcement coming at the end of the show. We have the first ever contest in the history of Couch Potato Diary. Um, this is, I think, our like 11-month anniversary. So... Um, very excited about this. Very, very excited about what we got going on here today. But we begin in the National Hockey League as it is the Battle of Alberta. And it's been fun to see the Battle of Alberta over the last little bit because it's starting to feel a little bit more important and starting to feel a little bit more impactful. You know, I like that word impactful. Um, you, you have a Flames team that is one of the hottest in the NHL, coming off of, again, a big game over the Avalanche that we'll talk about in a matter of moments here. But from just a, a standings perspective, you have a Calgary Flames team relatively comfortable atop the Pacific Division. They have a four-point lead on the LA Kings with three games in hand. A little bit more meaning for the Edmonton Oilers, who currently sit two points out of a playoff spot. The Preds, who are two points ahead of them. The Stars, who are three points ahead of them in those wildcard spots, each have a game in hand on the Edmonton Oilers. So this is a monster game for Edmonton tonight. And in this game, the Flames are going with a bit of a different look. They are not breaking up that top line of Gaudreau, Lindholm, and Kachuk. The second line looks 66% the same with Coleman and Backlund. And then, oh, hi, Trevor Lewis. He gets added to the third line, Manjapani, Ruzichka, um, wow, I said that weird, Ruzichka, and Toffoli are on the third line with the fourth line of Lucic, Monaghan, and a Dubay. There's a lot of what coming from Flames fans around this one, and I actually don't mind it. I, I think this gives you a true shutdown line to go with Backland, Lewis, and Coleman going up against whatever they do with Connor McDavid. And then you are just kind of hoping that your other three lines can offset things enough. Personally, I would have liked it if they would have gone with the strategy that the Winnipeg Jets went with a couple of years ago in the postseason when they just went, look, McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to beat Shifley. We are betting that Shifley, uh, that line, is only going to lose by a little bit, and then the rest of our lines are going to kill you by a lot. I would have liked to have seen best versus best throw out Gaudreau, Lindholm, and Kachuk out there against a Connor McDavid line and just be like, hey... We think we can shut you down. We think that, if nothing else, we can limit you to the point where if this line loses this battle, our other three lines will be able to do that. One thing this also does is it kind of spread things out. Like, we've talked at length on this show about how unhappy I am with the fourth line for the Flames. And I... I I think that this shows a balanced lineup. Is Lewis a, a great second-line player? No. But with Coleman and with Backlund... 
I, I think that they are good enough that they can hide some of the issues that Lewis may have. And Manjapan, uh, Rizichka, I don't know why I'm having so much trouble with that today. And to fully, that's a pretty dangerous line. I have loved how Rizichka has played, and I think he has earned this kind of upgrade to uh, a spot with Manjapani and Toffoli. I, I think this is a real good way of potentially unlocking Toffoli. I think that this is a great boost for Ruzichka. And then the fourth line of Lucic, Monaghan, and Dubé, it's a, it's a group that needs to get things figured out. So I don't hate how this team is constructed currently. And I, I think that from a Flames perspective, it gives you the opportunity to kind of play the matchup game against the Edmonton Oilers in this game tonight. It's a 7.30 start from the Dome. Calgary coming off of a game against the Colorado Avalanche on Saturday night where the Flames uh, end up getting the overtime win, 4-3. to And it is a very, very good win. And this is one of those ones where if you want to put your analyst hat on, it's a whole lot different than if you have a Flames jersey on, you know? And from a, a Flames fan perspective, I will say this, and I don't want to tell anyone how to be a fan or anything like that, but from a Flames fan perspective, just fucking enjoy it, man. Like, you see a lot of, oh, well, Colorado had this, and da 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 It's like, if, if, you are, if you are a fan, and if you are just going to the game to have fun and just want to live and die with your team, then enjoy the piss out of that. That was one of the bigger ones of the season for the Flames, to hang with the Colorado Avalanche and end up getting the win. If you are a radio host, or in my case, podcast host, and you want to look at this from an X's and O's standpoint, yeah, won the best, but you won. So, there you go. This is one of those, they, they don't ask how, they ask how many, but I, I am kind of of the belief that unless the game ends with you hoisting the big silver thing at the end, then you should probably look at the, the how. And for Calgary, not the best performance. The, the initial thought um, is what the hell is Vladar doing in net like that I just that's not that that's not a matchup that I like and th there are times where you can put the backup goalie in and I understand like you need to give Markstrom a break every now and then but that wasn't the game to be doing that in that that and I get like you don't have a whole lot of just gimmies coming up on the schedule right like you got um you got Edmonton and then Washington right away tomorrow, then Tampa Bay on Thursday, Detroit on Saturday, maybe you could do that, Colorado again on um, Sunday, then a couple of days, and you got the Devils, Buffalo, and Vancouver, and then San Jose and Arizona. So th there's a stretch there where Vladar can get in, and if Markstrom is like kind of feeling it after an overtime loss against Montreal, maybe it's a, a feel thing from the coach, so I, I guess maybe, but I just, that would not have been the time I would have been, yeah, you know what, let's give this guy a bit of a night off. I, I think you try to hold out until one of the, the lesser games. Again, I get Markstrom needs some rest at some point. That just was not the time or the place that I would have even considered doing anything like that. And then from an X's and O's standpoint and from a, a game standpoint, Calgary hangs with Colorado. And I, I thought that was a, a very quick hook for um, Colorado, for Kemper in goal, for the Avalanche. But I don't think the better team won that game. I do think that Colorado, just when you don't look at the scoreboard, and I get that's the main thing, but just from an on-ice perspective, I, I really did believe that Colorado was the better team in that game. And I think Calgary, they showed that they can hang with the better teams, but hanging with them and being better than the better teams is an entirely different thing. I think that they... 
They showed that in that game that there is still a little bit to go, but they can be good enough that if they hang around and a bounce or two goes their way, then they can be successful. So it wasn't like in years past where you would watch a Flames game and then you'd throw on the Avalanche or you'd throw on the Golden Knights or even the Blues for a stretch and it would be like, oh, this is an entirely different uh, sport. I think the Flames showed that they deserved a seat at the table, but it's not at the head of the table. They they get one of the middle ones and you're kind of like bouncing between a few conversations. That's the seat at the the, the grown-ups table that the Flames are at right now. And maybe these line changes tonight shift that a little bit. Like I said, I like the depth that you have along all four lines with this group. And that's one of the things that the Flames have done well, I think, in constructing this team, is that they have put together a pretty good team that you can have a little bit of versatility with, and you can spread some things out. And if you want to just do straight run and gun, they have a few lines that can do that. If you want, if you need to have a shutdown line, this is an opportunity to do that. And I think this is a good test, too, for, for Daryl Sutter. I know we're kind of bouncing around on a few things. But I think this will show that... Um, I think this will show how successful this shutdown line is. I like experimenting with these types of things in the regular season. And even in important games in the regular season. Not with the backup fucking goalie, but... I like the idea that, hey, let's see, maybe the shutdown line can work so that when you get into games in April and God willing, May and June, you know, okay, we are going up against these guys in a seven game series. Let's throw this line out there at them. You saw what a great shutdown line can do. It got Montreal to the cup final last year. If you can have that type of a thing, then that just unlocks a whole lot more. And you can see how does Razichka look with a little bit more high-end talent with Manjapani and with Toffoli. I don't mind trying it out. And when you're in a Flames position, I don't mind trying it out in high leverage situations during the regular season. I think I think it's great that the Flames are messing around with the lines, at least in this one tonight. Looking at some other stories around the sporting world, in the NBA, the Toronto Raptors are struggling at the wrong time. And it's not going to cost them a playoff spot, but it really has solidified that they are in the play-in. And the we talked about how the Raptors bounced back great, couple of big wins against the Brooklyn Nets. Here comes a lot of the young players, and then Malachi Flynn goes down, and that was just so deflating. Um, and th this is a Raptor team, like, Siakam is great, Barnes is great, but they need some kind of primary ball handler. And without Flynn and without Van Vliet, they just didn't have it. Like, the, the injury's piling up just a bit too much for Toronto here at the, the wrong time. And it's it's really unfortunate because it would have been, I, I think, an interesting stretch run. But now, with that loss to Cleveland, um, that it makes, it makes getting out of the play-in tournament seem impossible now for the Raptors. As that would have given them an opportunity to close some ground on the team that's right in front of them. But instead now, they are three games back of the Cavaliers... And there are, they've played 64, so that's 18 games remaining, right? Yes, 18 games remaining for the Raptors to make up three games on a pretty good basketball team in the Cleveland Cavaliers. I just, I don't, I don't see that happening. I think it's a real intriguing race down at the, the bottom of this play-in right now where you have a Brooklyn Nets team that has dipped below 500. Simmons is not coming back for the game against the 76ers this week. Um, but they kind of need to get going. If they pick their stuff up, then they get into that 7-8 matchup against the Raptors, but you have right now, um, the Raptors are at 8.5 games back. Charlotte, Brooklyn, and Atlanta are all tied at 8, 9, and 10, and the Wizards are two games back of that. So 
this is going to be a, a pretty fun stretch run, even though some of the drama has been taken off, uh, taken out of the, the battle to get into, or to get out of, sorry, uh, the play-in. Looking at the Western Conference, you have the Lakers picking up a win over the Golden State Warriors. They certainly aren't dropping out of the playoffs. Like, they, they are dropping, they aren't dropping into the play-in, but... It's looking a little bit dicey for Golden State right now. They, they have a lot of things they need to figure out. And the problem is they got all of these changes at the same time. Like Clay Thompson, okay, we are working him back into the lineup. He is a player that requires the ball a decent amount. He doesn't have to like dribble it up the court and anything like that. But to get him in a rhythm, he needs his shots. And then you have him come in and Draymond leaves. And now all of a sudden... It's just, it's a lot to try to work out. And now Andrew Wiggins has apparently forgotten how to play basketball. So I think Golden State long run will be fine, but they need to get Draymond back for the postseason or else this team doesn't have a hope. Right now they'd be playing the winner of the play-in. So either Minnesota or the LA Clippers. But you start dropping, if they lose, if they lose out on the number two spot and Memphis passes them, which looks very likely, those two teams are tied at eight games back of the Phoenix Suns. Golden State is in the three seed. They would have to face Denver in the first round. And I don't care how good Golden State is. I want no part, no part of having to face Jokic in the playoffs. I don't even know what Murray is going to look like. I don't know what Porter Jr. is going to look like coming off of these injuries in the playoffs. I want zero part of playing the Dallas Mavericks. I actually think getting that two seed is a really important spot. Um, and I mean, look, like Utah is coming on. They're only two and a half games back of Golden State. You don't want, from a Warriors perspective, you don't want to drop to the four seed because then you're playing Luka who can take over. But then if you beat him, then you face Phoenix in round two. And that's that's a lot to deal with. So again, it's the positioning that matters uh, a little bit more. I, I really think Portland's going to fall off. I think it's real intriguing that it could potentially be Lakers against the Pelicans. Um, and then if if things break right, Lakers against the Clippers in a one game, win and you're in, lose and you're done, would be remarkably intriguing. So the, the play building up a bit of drama, but it has taken a little bit of the life out of the, the playoff race here down the stretch because they're just, we just talked about it, talking about shuffling around, but we're not talking about who's in, who's not in. It's taken some of the drama out of it, at least uh, for this season. The music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram, at Wasted Talent, with X's where the A's would be, and find their producer on Instagram, at Tommy Fresh Music. So at least Major League Baseball was part of the sports conversation this weekend. No, not because they came to a new agreement woof um but because a couple of things have been agreed upon as part of what would potentially be a new agreement and the thing that everyone's focusing on is a banning on shifting and there is very much two sides of this debate and i see where both of them are coming from which does not make for great sports radio i understand that but on the one side learn how to not hit right into a shift you know, like you are a big league player getting paid, I was going to say millions of dollars, but that report from SportTrack coming out uh, last week that said 41% of major league players made under a million dollars. So you are making at least hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars to be a major league baseball player. Maybe figure out how to not hit it right where all of the players are and try to adjust. The counterpoint to that would be pitching has never been better. Everyone throws over 100 miles an hour and you try to go the opposite way when a fastball is coming in on your hands at 98 
give her a go. Um, so it's it's become increasingly more difficult to hit. I actually, after thinking about it, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't think it's going to completely save the sport. However, ev- and we talked about this last week, every other sport has made changes to make things more entertaining. It is almost impossible to recover uh, to, to cover a receiver in the NFL without fouling them in some way, shape, or form, either holding or defensive pass interference. This has been created so that we enhance the passing game in the National Football League, making it a more exciting product. In the NHL, two line, uh, the, the two-line pass, which is a crazy fucking thing to think about, was in for a long time. They got rid of that to make the sport more exciting. In basketball, they have made a ton of changes. And the thing that I would kind of comment on this one, because you see a lot of it with the, um, they wouldn't make this rule in any other sport because the guys can't hit a certain way. Well, look, if Steph Curry is up there jacking threes, and Serge Ibaka is just standing under the net and has the opportunity to goaltend, and he can just jump up and swat the ball away whenever he wants, I feel like it would be a pretty boring sport. I think having games finish 54-52 would be kind of shitty. And this is kind of the equivalent of that, I think. Where, like, yes, should these guys be able to figure out how to adjust for the shift? Maybe. But... Also, you do have to create a little bit of stuff because baseball is boring for a lot of stretches. Like, I love the sport, but there's a lot of times where it's just, it's strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. On to the next inning. Strikeout. Hey, home run. Strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Like, there's no, you need the ball in play a little bit more. And there needs to be opportunities to get hits a little bit more. So, I I think this actually, this is a, maybe not the most creative way, but this is at least a way to get things moving in the right direction to make baseball a bit more enjoyable. I hope that there is at least some form of like guys can shift around a little bit. Like they don't just have to stay in a little circle pre-pitch or something like that. Like I hope you can still get a little bit creative, but I, I understand why this has been implemented. And I actually, as surprising as this is with something with major league baseball, I actually don't hate it. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein. And this is, we had no idea. A podcast about world events that you know about but might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week, we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! Closing the show with um, a weird weekend in combat sports. And you could probably hear it on Friday. I was not as into this UFC card as I have been into most. Um, I, I've talked about it before. Greg Hardy is awful. This was the last fight on his UFC deal. He gets absolutely ragdolled. And I don't want to see him in the Ultimate Fighting Championship ever again. I understand the guys that he's losing to are like top 15 caliber heavyweights. I don't care. I just, I don't want this guy a part of the Ultimate Fighting Championship anymore. Let him go off and bare knuckle. Let him go fight one of the Paul brothers so I can ignore everyone at the same time. Let him go do whatever he wants. Just don't have it be in the the UFC anymore. It's, I'm done with the, as much as I love CM Punk, I'm done with the CM Punks. I'm done with the Greg Hardys. I'm done with all this shit, man. Like this, this needs to be the biggest, like, it needs to be the, the ultimate proving ground that they talked about for so long. This is the best of the best for mixed martial arts. Let the circus sideshow shit go somewhere else. So that's my opinion on that. And then Colby Covington with a win over Jorge Masvidal. And this is the issue with making this fight is that like it probably sold pretty well. And it was once friends, now bitter rivals. And that shit like 
that I, I was at a buddy's place watching uh, fights on, on Saturday. We ended up actually like not watching this. We watched the boxing instead, but they, during the prelims we were watching and they flashed that up and he laughed at it, laughed out loud. And like, maybe this will get some people in, but at some point, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm done with it. And I get that I am not the target demo for some of this stuff because they get me 99% of the time anyway, but it's just, it's all tired. And then Colby comes out and people kind of forget Colby has kind of had the excitement brought out of him by Kamaru Usman because Usman's not going to let Colby take him down. And so they have to get a little bit more wild on the feet. Masvidal, good wrestler. Colby, great wrestler. And you saw the difference in all of that. And it's, it's not the most aesthetically pleasing for some people. I don't think that night helped Colby's brand a whole lot. And then after the shit with Dustin Poirier about his wife and his kids, like it's just, it's a pathetic, desperate human being trying to stay relevant the only way he figures he knows how, because he's not smart enough to come up with anything actually original other than trying to go for the shock factor of, oh, I said something about your kids. Look how edgy I am. As if this is like 1997 and we don't have the internet. I I I have no respect for the, the Colby shtick. And I, I know it's a shtick and everyone says, oh, he's actually not that bad of a guy. But it's 2022. It, the world is a volatile place enough. Dustin Poirier doesn't need to deal with a bunch of Colby bros being like, yeah, man, he said some stuff about your daughter. Like, it's just, it. like I said, it's desperate, uh, it's desperate, it's pathetic. And it's just, it shows a lack of creativity, a lack of class. And I want a lack of it in the Ultimate Fighting Championship, but that's not necessarily going to be the case. Uh, if Colby gets a title shot off of this, that's a disgrace. And maybe give him another fight that gets him closer to a title shot. If Kamaro wants to go do boxing in September, maybe I reconsider a Colby title opportunity, but he's lost twice to the champion. I I, I just, I don't, I think the, the winner of the Chimaev Burns fight gets the, the next title opportunity. Rafael Dos Anjos with a convincing win over Hanato Moicano. We need to have a very serious discussion about corner work because Moicano didn't need to go out for the fourth or the fifth. A, this fight didn't need to be a five-round fight. And I don't understand why they felt the need to make this short-notice fight still a five-round fight. Dos Anjos, it... I think it'd be different if, like, you thrust a guy into the main event and it goes from three rounds to five rounds. That... That's one that maybe you, like, ah, let's just keep it to three. But to bump it up to five, I don't understand that. And Moicano just got the shit kicked out of him. And it was a lot of unnecessary damage for Hanato Moicano. That fight was not going any different way. And the fact that Dos Anjos was the one who was showing um, the restraint in that was really, really concerning to me. I did not like it even a little bit. Um... That's pretty much it. Like I said, it's a relatively uneventful UFC night and one that I just, I, I couldn't get into. And I would love to be more professional. Well, talk about everything. It's the UFC. Have to talk about all this stuff. This is just an unfortunate, eh, I run my own show. I don't have to talk about it. I think Colby Covington and Greg Hardy are uh, pieces of shit. And what they do to try to sell fights is, like I said, it's pathetic. In boxing, Chocolatito pitches a shutout. He was excellent all night. I thought the commentary was a little bit harsh. Um, in this fight, because as, as Chocolatito is, is rolling and make no mistakes about it, dude was rolling in that fight against Ray Martinez, but the, they were like, look at this. He's just, he, he's, he's excellent. He's broken this fighter. And Martinez was fighting back. Like, don't get me wrong. Martinez was losing. Martinez lost about every moment of that fight, but that still doesn't mean he was 
broken. I thought the commentary was very, very strange in that fight um, with with Martinez. Um, but overall, great showing for Chocolatito and someone who has kind of worked his way after uh, a tough loss against uh, Estrada back in Mar almost a year ago, actually, back in 2021, kind of slowing up a bit of his ascent that this is still someone who showed he can be a relevant boxer and overall i would recommend going back and checking out that um th this whole fight card on the zone there, there was a the laura sanchez fight was a banger and a couple of other intriguing uh, the second fight of the night you can probably skip but the the first night uh the first fight of the night was really intriguing i thought it had the round of the year we'll, we'll maybe go a little bit more in depth on some of this when we get into the fighting specific stuff uh coming up on friday's show so now it is time for the contest announcement. The very first Couch Potato Diary contest. Here it is. WrestleMania is coming up next month. It is the two-night stupendous extravaganza. We are going to run a prediction contest off of that. What you're going to do, what you're going to do, we're going to give you a sheet. You have to rank your, um, rank your predictions from most confident to least confident and the more confidence you put on those the more points that you get the counter to that obviously is that if you lose on one of the ones you're super confident about you don't get those points and so it's a, a different way from just going well everyone picks the winners everyone figured it out there's an 18-way tie with 12 points how are we going to solve this so we're going to have some tiebreaker questions on there if there is a tiebreaker but this is going to be a confidence picks pool for wrestle Mania. The winner, the grand prize winner, there can only be one, will get a $25 gift card, uh, gift certificate from Sea of Dead, two free tickets to a Can-Am wrestling show coming up April 20th at the back alley, and a free residential cleaning from Clearwater Cleaning Solutions. So you get a new outfit that you can take to a Can-Am wrestling show, and you can come home to a freshly cleaned place from Clearwater Cleaning Solutions. The way to enter, I'm gonna be posting about this on Instagram, instagram.com slash primetimecline, or just at primetimecline, as anyone else would say. It, when you share that post, you can get an entry. If you want bonus entries, leave a written review here of Couch Potato Diary, screenshot it and send it to me, and you will get a bonus entry. Also, if you follow me on twitch.tv slash primetimepk, you will get another bonus entry. So you can kind of play around with a, some, with a couple of these. If there's a couple matches that you're not necessarily sure about, you have an opportunity to get some bonus entries into this contest to try to win your way into this package. So again, share on Instagram, leave a written five-star review here of Couch Potato Diary, screenshot it and send it to me, and then follow me on twitch.tv slash primetimepk. Uh, I'll be sending out the submission forms the week leading up to WrestleMania, because right now we could guess at what the whole card is going to look like, but I want to make sure that the entire night is set before we are sending things out. And the, the official sheet will be the official sheet. If there's a new match added on Friday on SmackDown, that won't be a part of it. So just letting you know the official sheet will be the official sheet. So there it is. WrestleMania contesting with Couch Potato Diary. That's going to do it for the program today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Please remember, rate, review, subscribe wherever possible. Um, 
and get in on the uh, the contest. And a big thanks to our studio sponsor, Clearwater Cleaning Solutions. Join their March Madness promotion. If you phone and book and mention that you want to book the March Madness promotion, you will get 10% off your first invoice with them. It is going to be a busy week here on Couch Potato Diary and over on Twitch. We got the Flames all-time season coming up again on Tuesday. We have pre-ordered WWE 2K22, so once we are able to play that, we'll be streaming it, letting you guys see what all that looks like, some of the different features. We got shows coming up on Wednesday and Friday. We got a couple of big interviews with some Can-Am wrestlers coming up as well. It is a busy time here on Couch Potato Diary. I thank you all so much for the support, and I will talk to y'all later. I'm out.